0: California
1: Weather headlines for today, yes
0: Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell.
1: Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the revenue generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to talk about tried and true tips for sales and marketing alignment and the biggest CRM pain points for sales reps. Joining us is Chip House, who's the CMO at Insightly, which unified CRM elevates the customer experience by aligning sales, marketing and service in one platform. This helps your business sell smarter, grow faster, and build lasting customer relationships. And today, Chip and I are going to talk about how tech supports sales and marketing alignment. Okay, here's my conversation with Chip House, the CMO at Insightly. Chip, welcome to the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks again, Doug. Great
1: to join you today. It's always good to have a fellow CMO on the line, as I said to you in our prep. Chip, I feel like this is a great topic for us too, CMO to CMO, Misalignment between sales and marketing is a frequent topic on the podcast. What's your take on the underlying
0: problem that creates that disconnect? Well, I think the, the underlying problem is it's sort of a multi-headed beast probably. And But I, I think there's there's good news here. I, I feel like things are improving. Just number one, naming that you have a problem at all, I think is the first first step in recovery, right? And I feel like that this is a more common topic now that I think a lot of people are trying to to work on and, and sales leaders and marketing leaders. So it's not just one person saying, Hey, there's lack of alignment and we're just throwing up our hands about it. So I think we're all to blame, you know, is how I would think about it. And I've, I've been in marketing for over 20 years now in SaaS, actually, you know? And and so I've got sort of a, I think a view that's changed and evolved over, over the years probably. And so in, in the current state of, You know B2B SaaS especially. I think more and more marketing and sales teams are proactively trying to connect with each other on things like account-based marketing, for example, which you know allows them to pick their accounts and go after them sort of as as a shared unit. But just by naming something account-based marketing or ABX, as some people talk about it, because it's really account-based marketing and selling, it that you don't automatically solve the problem, if that makes sense, right? I mean, I think we, we still have to be committed to a number of different tactics to proactively work together.
1: Yeah, Chip, I have to say, I, I feel like, and having been a CRO myself, I do feel like quite often it starts with marketing. So I, I would agree. And I, I would say overall, I do feel like there have been improvements. And I, I would agree. I think ABM has been that catalyst to help the organizations come together more tightly. I would also say that quite often the disconnect that I've experienced from my career is marketing kind of throwing things over to sales that don't have a level of utility we think they have overall, right? And the other pieces I feel like in our topic today is quite often the technology tends to lead, whereas the process tends to trail a bit. So what are some examples of technology that you feel like helped begin realignment between sales and marketing?
0: Yeah, you know, when I think back to late 90s, even in my time when I was the first marketing hire at Digital River, and we had a pretty small sales team and we were using Goldmine as our CRM, you know, to align. Wow, yes, Goldmine. That is a flash in the past, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it was sort of a, you know, software you would install on your machine, right? This this is well before SaaS, And so, I mean, but at the same time, it was better than a spreadsheet, right? Because it it allowed you to have a place where you were engaging directly sort of on one set of data with the sales team, you know? And I think that evolving to the cloud was critical in the early 2000s. You know, I was early on at Target, and we used Salesforce, which at the time was really revolutionary, right? And, you know, now we're just in a situation where, I think organizations number one get out of their technology what they put into it and they get out of it how well it's adopted across the org you know primarily sales marketing and customer success but you know sales for better or for worse is often at the front end of that journey because they're responsible for so much of the data that actually gets put into the CRM so I mean, clearly I work for a CRM company, Doug, you know, so but it's I think the CRM is it's a critical piece and it's sort of the center point.
1: Yet with the introduction of CRM, sales and marketing alignment was not magically fixed, right? It was maybe the beginning of having a single source of truth. But in many ways, I think maybe it just pointed to the fact there was such a disconnect. I was down in Austin, Texas recently, folks. Amazing tacos down there, and got to see Terry Flaherty from Forrester speak. This is at the Forster B2B summit. And uh, he had a pretty provocative session. He said, you know, the MQL is dead. I, I think I've misquoted it slightly, Terry, if you're listening in, sorry about that. But that was the central premise. In many ways, I think that also Chip kind of points to this misalignment in the sense that what marketing say holds up as being valuable. The sales organization would not hold up and say, hey, this is valuable. Are there other, and, and again, your storied history as a CMO, so you have lots of experience here. Are there other examples of how technology has helped, but perhaps maybe sales and marketing have lagged in terms of the things they're focused on?
0: Yeah, I think there's there's a number of different things. I mean, I think it's, you know, number one, just again, like I said, the, the willingness to be aligned and the wanting to be aligned is super positive. From a marketing standpoint, I think often sales was sort of the third customer as we were thinking about the marketing that we're going to do and the communications that we were going to create and the content that we were going to create. We were thinking about the customer first, right? And then maybe broadly employees or internal communication. And then I don't think we, you know, sales almost was an afterthought. And so I just want to comment on that, I guess, again, Doug, that part of the fixing this sort of speak is, you know, seeing sales as sort of the first critical customer of marketing, that we have to enable and communicate to and give them the words basically to have better differentiate the brand, you know, to be to have a one liner that shows, you know, what problem we solve, who we're solving it for and how we solve it and all of those things, by the way, none of those really rely on technology that much. I mean, I think number one, it's a commitment to, to being aligned. So, Back to technology. So again, you know, CRM is the glue, as I mentioned, partly because it stitches together all of the customer data and allows every team to have basically the same shared insights for the customer and the same data, basically, that allows you to optimize the customer experience like you know them as an individual, which I think is really, really critical because ultimately your only differentiation as a brand is how you treat customers at the end of the day, and how they, you know, how they support and tell others about your brand. And a lot of them will just leave after just a single, single bad experience. And so, again, that's the, the customer data piece of that's super critical. But what are we, what are we going to do with the customer data? With the sales team, we're going to build, we're going to build forecasts. We're going to build pipelines together. We're going to work on communications that target our prospects and our customers to help convince them that our solution is the best. And so to me, that's whether it's tools like sales loft or outreach that or that are enabling the sales conversation more effectively than they have historically, or tools like gong or chorus.io, right, which are recording sales calls with customers and providing that feedback back to the marketing team for, hey, what's our sales team doing out in the field? I think those are two critical and important developments that have happened in tech and for sales marketing alignment. Yeah,
1: I think the orientation is a really good point. So much of what we think about from a CRM standpoint was not oriented towards sales organizations, I would agree. And I think that, you know, in the history of any technology, there's a period of time where the technology becomes, you know, late majority, almost to the point that can you imagine running your business without it, right? Which is, I think, where CRM has been for a really long time. In, into that space, typically, you do have some atrophy, right? You do have some lack of kind of forward progress. And I would say that if we look at some of the dominant players these days, Salesforce is obviously the one that comes to mind. Where a Salesforce native application. There is a giant tower that sticks out of the middle of San Francisco to remind us every day that Salesforce is present. But HubSpot's really made a lot of traction by really specializing on smaller businesses. They're mo- beginning to move up, but they've really specialized in ease of use and implementation. They've absorbed some marketing automation stuff that, you know, Salesforce has attempted to take on with, say, Pardot. But I would say overall, the kind of innovation and the progress of change, it feels like more on that kind of rev tech stack, as you're pointing to, right? The Chorus AIs, the gongs. It feels like most of the real innovations happening out there. So how do we bring that innovation back into CRM? Chip and, and how does that help us support that better alignment with sales and marketing? Does it start with
0: thinking of sales as the primary customer, a key customer? Anyway, I think sales is definitely a key customer, one of three critical people. Right? I mean, is, uh, as the most maybe important internal customer in addition to cut the customer success team for what marketing is doing, and I think you know ultimately the customer is still still number one. Well, I mean, I think technology is only good if you use it, right? And still two-thirds of CRM installations, right, get, get sort of hung up, right, with a, a failed or only partial installation or a very lengthy installation or only a portion of the company adopting it, right? And so that is still sort of the number one challenge for any org, no matter what technology you're using. So, I mean, you, you talked about some of the leaders there, historically and how that's changing. But I think having a platform that allows you to adopt it quickly and and having a platform that actually gets used by your people is super, super critical. I think the next thing is, can you truly customize it to meet your needs of your organization? Does it integrate with your other important pieces of software? And I mean, thankfully the API economy came along and tools, you know, like middleware, Zapier and others. We launched our own product called App Connect, which is sort of a middleware product that helps us connect to other critical software for sales, marketing, and service teams out there. But that's how tech gets adopted, you know, and that's how it becomes valuable for our organization, is it's usable, it integrates well, and it's can be customized to what you want to do with it.
1: So usability, I would agree, feels like HubSpot agrees with you as well. They they have tackled it from that angle overall. I would certainly say that, you know, I think that's given them a lot of success in the lower end of the marketplace. But you've also talked about two other really critical factors, integration and you're calling it customization, but I would assume that means that we're still in the SaaS world, right? So it means yeah. more configurability, if you will, right, on that individual. More configurability, yeah. And I would I would tell you that integration is kind of this lost. My experience is a sort of lost in the shuffle, I think, because of REST APIs and the ease of integration. We lost, kind of touch with the value of those integrations and how critical they can be. And in many ways, those integrations are one-way streets. In other words, it's some data acquisition as opposed to process integration. But the thing that's really interesting about what you said there was that configuration capability, that ability to make the product work better. And therefore, I'm going to guess it's going to help the sales marketing alignment. So, so tell us more about what that means for you, Chip.
0: Well, I mean, every business is different, right? And it's, it's, it's definitely not a one size fit fits all. And a, a services business, you know, like a, an accountant or a dentist's office or a manufacturing firm or a solar firm, right? They all have very different needs for how they need to have their customer data managed for how they go to market. Is it a B2B? Is it a B2C scenario? How do they sell their their products? Is important that they're integrating in with QuickBooks or Sales Loft or, you know, a NetSuite or EERP, you know, and so there's a different flavor. And so the configuration piece is super critical because, again, that becomes the ultimate interface for how you're working with the software on a day-to-day basis and, and how, and it can't just work for the sales team. It can't just work for the marketing team. Or the customer success team, it has, to, it has to work for the accounting team, you know, and or it's you're, you're not going to get your CFO to want to renew it and spend the money on it. So that's why I think it's kind of critical that it's, it's configurable. It's interesting as well, because I feel
1: like there was this time, Chip, where, you know, it wasn't a stretch to think that CRM could displace ERP kind of as the system of record, the source of truth for organizations. It felt incredibly possible. You know, I feel like NetSuite was the closest to kind of edging up to that at one point. I have friends that work at NetSuite. Sorry, guys, your CRM solution is not great. But, you know, they seem to be the ones that really took that crack, right? And I think that's ultimately, in many ways, what you're talking about here, Chip. If I can put words in your mouth, it's this idea that CRM can do more and be more if we think about it in the context of integration and more configurability for a broader set of users. Is that, am I getting close to how you're seeing this world and increasing that alignment between sales and marketing?
0: Yeah, I, I think more configurable for a broader set of users, I guess, but but more connected to the other business c- critical technologies, right? Th- that are ultimately creating the customer experience for a brand. I think is re- really really important. So, no, I think you mostly got it right there. But that's that's sort of the detail, I guess that I would that I would add is, you know, ultimately adopting technologies that allow you to have the best possible customer experience for your, you know, end customers and your end prospects.
1: Yeah, I love that orientation. I have to tell you, it is certainly something that drives me nuts. I think we all have this experience, which is the, you know, the, the 300 SDR. Again, love SDRs. They drive a lot of pipeline for a lot of businesses, but those 300 prospect emails that come in your inbox that just create that bad experience. Well, Chip, I uh, really enjoyed the conversation and thanks for being on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, thanks, Doug. I had a ton of fun. Looking forward to the next time
1: we connect. All right. Fantastic. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Chip House, CMO at Insightly for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Chip and I are going to dig in and discuss how painful is it to switch your CRM. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Chip, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is C-E-H-O-U-S-E or visit his company website at insightly.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at revgenpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen Strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.